Welcome to The Afterword. I'm Michael LaPointe, Editor-in-Chief of Paperless. Today, we're speaking with Harmon Leon, author of Blinkers. His piece tells the story of Connor McKay, a teenager from Mississippi who makes his living selling counterfeit tickets, or blinkers, at concerts and sporting events across the United States. This self-described blinker king is also a young father and a self-destructive gambler. And as his two main enemies, the federal authorities and Ticketmaster, close in, he'll have to find what's authentic in this world of fakes. Harmon is the author of eight books. His stories have appeared in BBC, Vice, Observer, The Nation, Esquire, National Geographic, Salon, and Wired. His documentary films have screened at Sundance and Tribeca, as well as on Vanity Fair, The Atlantic, and The New Yorker. I reached him at his home in Brooklyn. Thanks for joining me, Harmon, uh, and thanks so much for this amazing story that we're that we're doing together. Yeah, the the story of Blinkers is it's it's a sordid tale, <laughs> no doubt. It's something that we, in the end, decided to publish as a work of fiction. But there's a real character at the heart of this story, a real character who inspired your journey to write it. Without revealing too much about his identity, which I know is an issue, can you tell me a little bit about him? So it's this guy, um, a friend of mine, he's, he's, he's a movie location scout, and he was uh, scouting a movie in Georgia. And he always gets people asking, telling him, you know, you should make my life into a movie. So he came across this guy whose life is worthy of making into a movie, who grew up dirt poor in Mississippi. He lived in a trailer with his mom and his brother. They were so poor that he had to take baths like in the stream with the cows. When he was about 11, uh, the mom got a job in California, moved, moved the brothers out there. And by the time he was 11, he was out hustling on the streets. He was like selling mistletoe outside of uh, Mervyn's department store. And like on the first day, you know, he tripled like the all-time leading mistletoe sellers, you know, kind of sales of mistletoe. And from there, the street hustler noted that these brothers had this uncanny knack for like street sales. And from there, he got involved with the counterfeit ticket game. And the story kind of unfolds from there. One of his first or most significant uh, counterfeiting schemes is, is the Grateful Dead. What made the Dead such a perfect band for counterfeiting? You know, before like Ticketmaster rolled out barcodes on tickets, tickets were basically just ink printed on paper. And the Grateful Dead was like, a Blinker King's dream come true. Basically, most dead shows were all kind of general emission tickets. So if you had a ticket, you printed counterfeits, there wasn't assigned seats. So that's what made it like a perfect dream come true. And for our character in the story and the character in real life, he followed around the dead. And by his estimate, he said he's he went to over like 1,000 Grateful Dead shows, not as a Grateful Dead fan, but simply he found it a dream come true for a ticket counterfeiter. What would be like the average take for him on a given night? His biggest win, uh, according to his estimates, was an Eagles concert where he said he and his crew took in around uh, $250,000. And that's just cash. 
Yeah, all cash. Uh, he said with that one, he had the security staff paid off. So they would confiscate someone, you know, trying to get in with a counterfeit ticket. And then in turn, the paid off security would give the tickets right back for him to sell for like a double payday. In the story, you have this amazing cat and mouse game between Ticketmaster and Connor, the name of your um, your blinker king. <laughs> uh, and barcodes are kind of like the clear and present threat to his business. Did the digitization of tickets sound the death knell for hustlers like him? It was a slow progression. So before like barcodes started to roll out, which are impossible to counterfeit, Ticketmaster introduced uh, thermal paper. So the ink is actually burnt right into the paper. But according to the real life Connor, whenever Ticketmaster would evolve their ticket technology, the counterfeit team would evolve right along with it. But when it came time for, you know, barcodes, that kind of put an end to, you know, that type of uh, uh, ticket counterfeiting. And that was sort of paralleled along the lines of the death of Jerry Garcia. So for a guy who was making, you know, just a killing, selling counterfeit tickets at Grateful Dead shows, and then the death of Jerry Garcia mixed with Ticketmaster rolling out barcodes, that kind of was the demise of like his gravy train. Would you say that there was a golden age for the Blinker game? Is that kind of when this story is set? Yeah, so it's 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 totally set in the golden age. You know, he had a younger brother who at the time was 12 years old. So they got scooped up by these like two criminals that kind of took him under their wing and were kind of like their illegal criminal father figures. And they would first buy like a ticket on every stop on the Grateful Dead tour for the sole purpose of counterfeiting that ticket. And then they would send the tickets off to Mexico City to a printer who would make up, uh, you know, whatever number of tickets they they wanted. And then they would send his 12-year-old brother on a flight to Mexico City to pick up the counterfeit tickets. They would send him off like on a Friday so he would get out of junior high and have him back Monday morning in time for school to pick up this batch of counterfeit tickets. And the way they got away with it is they would steal bundles of Ticketmaster paper stock. And one way they did that was the younger brother got a job at a gift wrapping place in a mall specifically because they sold Ticketmaster tickets and he would just throw out bundles in the trash and then pick them up in the dumpster like after work. So for all of his savvy and intelligence, you've got this really unstable personal character of Connor. There's something really intensely self-destructive about this guy. What do you see as his fatal flaw as a character? Yeah, hands down, he was a gambling addict. So he would make like, let's say he would make like, you know, fifty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 on a Grateful Dead tour or on a Grateful Dead show and, you know, say they were in Las Vegas, you know, by the time the weekend was over, all that money would be gone and he wouldn't go home with a dollar in his pocket. Uh, you know, first he was a teenager at the time, but his reasoning was, you know, there's always another Grateful Dead show next week. So money had no value, but at the same time, 
you know, a few years before he was living in a trailer in Mississippi, taking baths in a stream with cows. And, you know, finally he gets money, but it's it goes in as fast as it goes out. And a quote that he said when I interviewed him was, you know, those who stay in the blinker game too long are feeding like one of three addictions. You know, it's either drugs, women or gambling. And for him, you know, he stayed in the blinker game way too long. Your story climaxes with a kind of Faustian bargain that Connor may or may not have to make. How did your real life sources career come to an end? The one show that kind of turned things around for him, well, you know, again, according to him, was a Tool concert in 2005 where no one was getting in with uh, his counterfeit tickets. You know, and again, this is when barcodes were rolling out. And he always claimed that he was a counterfeiter with morals. He always, like, prided himself at Grateful Dead shows that, you know, everyone got in on his tickets, which, you know, I kind of question that. And I've also interviewed the head of uh, Grateful Dead ticketing, Steve Marcus, who said, you know, that's absolutely not true. But it said it was a, a tool show where everyone was getting popped at the door, so much so that the local radio station described him in real time on the air. What kind of career do you go on to after you know, yeah. the Blinker game? So, uh, like, after that, he went, you know, quote-unquote legit and would just sell, like, legitimate scalper tickets, which is just buying up big blocks of tickets for, like, say, the World Series or whatnot, Um, you know, and there's that whole underworld of that. And then I believe nowadays he sells medical tests. Not 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 counterfeit medical tests, but uh, real real actual medical tests. But you know you can see how the sales skill kind of applies. Just one more question for you, Harmon, before I, I let you go. But I'm just curious for you: Have you ever used a counterfeit ticket? I have not. No. But what I heard is uh, the new scam now is you know these counterfeit ticketing gangs will buy let's say it's like a big concert like say Bruce Springsteen they would buy the cheapest Bruce Springsteen tickets um, and usually with stolen credit cards and then they would make those tickets appear like they're prime seats so uh, people would buy it it would get them in the doors and then they turn up their seat and there's like you know twenty people claiming the same seat and it's not even you know, a seat, a prime seat. It's like, you know, up in the balcony or whatever. Well, thanks for thanks for joining me, Harmon. It's a really wonderful story. It's a pleasure to work on with you. Yeah, thank you very much. 